labels, labels lie. Of course, we, we need labels. We need to know burning building. We need to know where the where the exit is. So we says exit. We're pretty sure that's going to be the way out of the building. So not in every case. It's just that we tend to uh, see a label, and rather than investigate that further, we tend to buy into that. We tend to just assume that, well, that must be true. And there are the labels uh, outside, um, like if someone has a PhD label, credential, translates into automatically we respect them. Have you noticed that? You know how many PhDs I've got? None. Lazy. So this doesn't mean that someone who is a professor, who has a, who has a master's in social work, like a few people do here, doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at that and respect that and have a little bit of assumption that we're probably going to get a certain kind of help there because this person's been trained according to uh, certain standards and had to pass certain tests and live up to certain ideas. On the other hand, we were uh, talking earlier about um, the, the label of uh, someone's, uh, like my son, one of my sons, actually I have two sons that have a little have some formal education but not a lot but for what they're doing they don't have the the kind of credentials that people who are doing the same thing right next to them have because they are you could say self-trained the fancy word for that is autodidact means they figured out for themselves could be a credential but if you wanted somebody to tune your piano and somebody had the words certified piano tuner and then the person next door said i can tune your piano what would you do? Would you say, oh, you have to be a certified piano tuner? Maybe with a plumber, you might. <laughs> Somebody says, I can plumb. <laughs> but with a, a piano tuner, you could say, well, okay. I mean, if, especially if you're a musician, you have a little bit of, a, of an ear. <laughs> son I was just talking about, Aaron, is not a piano tuner, but he has a perfect pitch. And so therefore, he can tell, he hear a note and tell you what it is. Anyone here can do that? So what, it's just something that you, you're able to do. There's no, the only credential for that is you can do it. You, you, the piano needs tuning, tune the piano, you've tuned it. Whereas the person who is certified, authorized, and has the credential may or may not be able to do it. So there's no guarantee. Labels lie. This doesn't, I'm not trying to encourage you to be paranoid about everything, but have you noticed that sometimes people, we meet somebody and they have a lot of credentials around a particular thing, and yet the more we're around them, we wonder if maybe they cheated, <laughs> or maybe somebody else took the test for them, or something about it is a little fishy, because somewhere along the line, quite often what happens is the humanities, the arts, get left out of education. They just do it as a, yeah, you got to take something, so here, take a uh, Art appreciation, and that'll instead of looking at the other way around. No, humanity should come first. Of course, another label. What's a humanity? What do you know? How do you define humanities? I'm, I'm asking. I don't know. Nobody has a your cell phone out. <laughs> so going back to labels, yeah, another label we were uh, when you and I were just uh, kind of stumbled on it today because of a, a work that's been done on uh, on about uh, uh, animals that are abused and. Ah, I can't try to even talk about it. Dogs, chickens, all kinds of... I, I actually worked at a place called Biomedics Research back in the early 60s where I saw that, but I didn't have the 
I guess you'd say sophistication to really understand what I was seeing. I, I sensed something that was fishy there, but I have all this authority, all these credentials, all these labels around me, and I'm just a little sheepish person. Not sure how to even think about it, but animals were being mistreated there. I personally didn't hurt them or mistreat them, but I was participating in a place where they were using them to experiment, trying to cure cancer. So they're trying to look like they were trying to cure cancer, and more like what that probably is about, big business. So the other label that we were along that same line that Onyo and I were talking about is um, the label when you go in to buy eggs, it says uh, cage-free, or what do they call it? Free-range chickens and you it's a label it's a big lie they don't do that i'm not saying there aren't some places that do that but probably the only place you're going to know is if you go to the farm where they say eggs and you look out there and you see you know they're gonna, not going to buy really expensive robot chickens to run around <laughs> in the yard uh, buck, buck, buck. wait a minute that's a turkey right it does that no but they're not gonna you know so in other words it's going to be hand you're going to be able to see yep those I mean, you don't have to go out there and watch the chicken lay the egg. You don't have to get any ridiculous about it. But if you probably can be, you still can't believe it, you could be fairly sure that that's probably going to be a chicken that laid that. The eggs you're buying came from those chickens, more than likely. There's a place uh, up, uh, go up 66, a huge, huge complex. has no signs, no labels, which is even more scary. A huge building that looks like, must be making a lot of money. That has, they can't even tell what it is. Have we driven up there? I know Kozan and I did. You were yeah, we went up and scouted it out. But we don't know. I've not gone in there. I don't know anyone that has. So we don't know how chickens are being treated. I think Kozan did read it. I don't know if she's watching, but uh, did read a report where, I don't know, it seems like they lived up to certain, they met certain criteria. Who knows who, what the reviewing uh, board was. But just because the egg carton says, and what, you know, what they do is, and I'm just, saying this might not be true. So as I say many times, don't believe anything I say. I'm just up here saying stuff. Something's helpful, good. But when you when you look at that and you look at the price of the, the ones that aren't that are two fifty a dozen, and you look at these are four forty nine a dozen. Why wouldn't you put cage tree on it if you thought you could get more money because of people's idealism and wanting to help and everything and yet willing to settle for a label rather than knowing what's behind it. You, what are you going to do? You can't spend your whole life looking behind all the labels. So I have a suggestion for you. Look behind the primary label, and that's the, this one. Find out who you are. Train your mind. That's how you'll begin to see how to more clearly look at the world that is arising in front of you without buying it, without selling it, and without shutting it out. Difficult to do. So even the label of, uh, of um, if, if someone asks you, um, say, ask you if you're, uh, I, I, someone said that you were a Buddhist. What is, what is, what is that? That's, so here you are, you have someone, and you'll notice how, um, if you're, or, or just maybe say you're a meditator. You know, people, you can, if five people do that, you'll notice how your ideas and understanding about each one of those people is a little bit different. So you can actually feel that they're actually looking at their projection onto you about what that is. They really can't see you. <laughs> they're looking at their idea of what that must mean. Oh, like one of the indicators of that. Oh, you must not eat meat. Or, oh, you must not this or that or the other thing. Or, why don't you shave your head? All kinds of odds and ends like that. So 
the thing about a label is it brings up things that it's not even particularly labeling, but things that, that tend to get stuck to it as what? Preconceptions, ideas, beliefs, opinions, judgments, and so on. Like the lady was on the, the, in the, on the news who had a, a job, who was born in Philadelphia, was it? Yeah, born in Philadelphia, and she's Muslim, and somebody yelled, <laughs> yelled at her, go, go back to your country. She's in, she's in Philadelphia. And, you know, it's, it, it would, it's hilarious. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's hilarious, but it's also sad because there's so much attendant uh, uh, destruction upon that of destroying people. You know, this whole, I don't want to get into too much politics, but there's so much of it out there where there's so much buildup of, uh, uh, you just heard about the whole thing with uh, Roseanne. I don't have to go over that at all, but that, that kind of thing where that whole kind of, some kind of an entertainment quality or probably money-making that comes with buying into that, uh, all those preconceptions about some people being not as good as uh, white people, brown people, black people, other religions, and so on. So we were all, I don't want to go get into that area particularly, but that, but it has to do with labels. So we, uh, here's what happens as soon as you label anything. You know, all you see is the label. But, so it's not saying... Don't label. It's just be aware of what what happens when that that comes about, because that labeling is a tool to help us access things we need to work with. But you can't you can't work with the label. Once the label you see the label identifies what's there, then the label needs to dissolve so that you can actually work with what it is uh, naming and so on. Uh, we use labeling, you could say, uh, to when people formally receive vows as uh, Buddhists. Receive jukai. We someone decides they're way more serious about this than uh, um, they can actually. They're serious about it. And they don't know what to do to increase to ramp up this practice so they can make this a really strong part of their life. And there's lots of ways. One is just sit more, study more, um, have a teacher, find a teacher, listen to the teacher, um, and uh, no going in and out one way or the other. Thank you. So, um, where was I? Trying to study. What else? Why don't you just come out and give the talk? So what I was getting at is the idea of naming someone else is not, not because, say, in my situation where as a teacher I might give someone a Buddhist name. Uh, the, na the naming is not because I need to do that. It's to help that person begin to identify with the identity part of one's consciousness, which is really... That's that's the that's the main label we need to look at the me feeling who I think I am what I am who I am how I define myself all of those things are so there's so many little tiny streams going around that are little uh, stories about ourselves about who we are what we like what we don't like what we should be what we shouldn't be who's doing this who's doing that uh, how how we can improve what what our mother thinks about what we've been doing with our life and what what we think about our mother for thinking what she's thinking. It's just uh, incredibly energized by what hope and fear and hope with things are getting better. I'm, you know, what gives you hope? Well, I don't know, not much. So hope is a is a not a particularly good label. I'm not saying you should push hope away. If things become hopeful, fine. But generating hope, not a good idea. And I'm happy to respond to questions about that because I have uh, maybe views that are a little bit different. Yes. What is the label of hope covering up? The actual problem of what needs to be done about it. 
like to see the ragged quality of the mind and the way it continues continues to buy into passion, aggression, and ignorance, and, and try to cover up that situation with some kind of hopefulness. That's how it seems. Go ahead. Are we able to use a label while also looking directly at what it's covering? Sure. You don't have to get rid of the label. You don't have to get rid of hopefulness. But you have to see you have to see it so carefully that that you see when it slides in front of the issue in order to protect you from the difficult stuff. You have to be able to look at that stuff. So uh, I sometimes say, when you come in here and sit down and face the wall, stay there till the gong rings and, and actually allow your mind to go through stuff like, I don't, don't want to do this, this doesn't make any sense, what a waste of time. We're not, we're not ignoring it. You're not pushing it away as being incorrect. You're just observing it. You're just, you're just with whatever's happening. And it can be terribly depressing, uh, even even uh, uh, disappointing. To the point of making you might make you want to stop meditating, and that's why I'm here. Keep going, do it anyway. You might have to go through a really difficult terrain, really difficult passages, if you're going to actually find out who you are, so that you're in a position to really fundamentally help other people. Because if you don't know who this is, if you don't know who this is, you, you will be uh, fooled by others. You'll be fooled by the label. You'll be fooled by your labeling of others. Do you follow me on that? You, you'll, you'll be fooled by it. Something, somebody will do something, say something, and you'll project onto it rather than seeing what's actually there. Questions? Can you see what's actually there while you're projecting? You can. It's very subtle because uh, as soon as you see the projection, uh, you identify it. You, there's a, an energy sink you, you, you get because you get a slight credential out of it. So you're seeing that you're projecting, and then you <coughs> credentialize it uh, that instead of just uh, because the projection and what you're seeing are not separate. They're separated, but they're fundamentally not separate because they're rising in consciousness. That's why it's so difficult to do this, because we have the illusion that we can somehow figure this out, that somehow the thinking process is going to allow us to psychologize or stir things around and actually find a result somewhere. That's why this is uh, can be disappointing. Go ahead. Nothing else. Questions? Yes. Um, question from your daughter, Kateria, in Philadelphia. I like her. My daughter, I like it. Should be a really good question. She, One that'll make me look pretty good. Probably. Actually, it's a two-part question. I, <laughs> I have a very short attention span, Kateri. What are the earliest warning signs of hope, and how can one be aware of it sooner rather than later? Mm -hmm. So, uh, early warning signs of hope are kind of a flatness uh, when you're when you're because we we don't like the flat kind of nondescript uh, label-lessness of things. I just made, it, made that up. <coughs> that area where you don't know what something is, we don't like the open dimension. We don't like, a uh, uh, fancy word is, uh, is a, the simple word is emptiness, and the fancy word is suchness. We don't like the complete appearance of what this is as not having a self and not having an other. That's challenging and difficult and frightening for the self-centeredness, the ego. Just can be even terrifying if that's not something, you, if it's something you've been able to avoid for um, three years, eight years, 15 years, 42 lifetimes. 
So the early, early warning sign would be, to use uh, Kateri's uh, image there, uh, would be uh, kind of when, when the, the suffering and the difficulty that has started to settle a little bit and there becomes kind of a beige feeling of everything. This is called ignorance. So that first there's the, there's the uh, passion part of having things fall apart and be crumbly. And then, we, and, then, and then there's that kind of a coating that goes over it. It's just kind of a no, no one's land that you're in. And then hope starts to come up. And it's very, very magnetic. And what do I say about that? I say, just watch it. Don't try to stop. Don't try to stop hope. But also don't buy into its, to its uh, uh, trinkets. Don't buy into the things that are dangling there that make it look. Because it will take you out of the very reality that you're actually in as it is. And it'll move you out into some other situation, usually called a god realm. In the Buddhist teachings, there there's the god realm, the jealous god realm, the human realm, human realm, the animal realm, the hungry ghost realm, and the hell realm. And those are just stages and ways that the mind functions. It has been said, and I'm saying now, that when the five skandhas or form, feeling, perception, concept, or thinking, and consciousness, so the six uh, sense fields and their objects, when that description, what I've described there, enter the six realms of the heaven realm, the jealous god realm, the human realm, the animal realm, the next one, hungry ghost realm, and the hell realm. This is called a living being. It's called a human being. And those skandhas enter these six realms, human being, maybe human being. So it's always about awareness. It's not about getting out of this realm to that realm. It's about being aware. That's why that wheel, the wheel of the life held in the, in the teeth of Yama, the Lord of Death. The Tibetan uh, iconography or images metaphor for what is happening. That circle there, uh, the 12 links in the chain of existence. The three poisons are in the uh, center, represented, or there are metaphors for that the snake, the rooster, and the uh, pig. For once, does the mind still cycle through the six realms? Yes. There's no solid being there. So one may come and go, but there's no, there's nothing is congealed into a me feeling that is worried about that or is uh, seduced by that or shut down on that. So there's no, they're still there. It's still, it still could happen. It may or may not. It's, it would be based on causes and conditions that go way beyond this lifetime and go way beyond this uh, uh, particular uh, universe. And I'm not like making up things particularly. But, there, but everything just begins to expand while it doesn't, while it's the most grounded thing that has ever happened. And yet you're, there isn't any, any distance. It's like knowing about the ground and, uh, and never forgetting. And knowing about the endless sky and never forgetting. Thank you. Who was that? Oh, yes. <laughs> I need all the help I can get, as I said. <laughs> as I texted to Stephania when I got her name wrong, she said, uh, I don't know what she said, something like, everybody makes mistakes, or, go ahead. How are the labels of the six realms, or any other teaching, three passions, or three passions, anything like that, how are those labels helpful? Yeah. So I, I feel that they're, they're helpful in that they're areas that breaks down the structure of things in such a way that we can actually address that uh, in a way that where the label just functions to show us what where to look. And as soon as we see where we're looking, the, the label kind of falls away. 
or it might come back. So if you just say one of the, well, the three styles to use your example, the three styles of avoiding who you are, avoiding reality, are passion, grasping. Uh, the other form of grasping is to tell stories, fluff things up, make things up, add to it, interpret it, change it, re, you know, relabel it. You know, it's a um, cage-free, cage-free egos. <laughs> Give me two. Well, say gimme one because two is duality, incorrect. So you would you would use that as a as a you might just to make something up here. You make it a, as a soft way a label or a or a, a, a porous label that is there. You can read it. It's like you know these uh, you see these screens where something is printed on it in a car, and you see it from the outside. You can't see through it, but from the inside you can see out because of the nature of light. It's kind of like that. It's like porous. You've labeled it. It's, it's aggression, but there's plenty of awareness can go back and play back and forth in there. So you can see when, they, when, the, when the passion starts to change into ignorance or into the beige, uh, all-pervasive flatness of everything. And that's the way uh, passion aggression works. It's first there's grasping, then there's rejection, then there's shutting down. Then there's passion, then there's and, uh, grasping, then there's rejection, then there's shutting down. You can experience it yourself if you've been in a relationship. Maybe this has happened to you, but sometimes if somebody gets really, really mad in, in a relationship and then the anger is there, it's obvious, and then they get really remorseful and feel really bad and try to apologize. If they apologize once, that's genuine. Apologize twice, that means they're trying to be this wonderful person who's sorry. And of course, or maybe not of course, but it kind of looks like first there's the aggression, and then there's the apology, so, uh, aggression and passion. And then there's the shutting down. We've apologized, so we're off the hook. They say, oh, it's okay. Forget you're forgiven. This is where uh, forgiveness is uh, not so helpful because it just causes the passion, aggression, ignorance to keep cycling around and around and around. Uh, forgiveness is quite often about the person who's forgiving. You don't want to carry this load of uh, rotten tomatoes around with you, so you forgive the person so you can stop thinking about it. Or not. Maybe that doesn't work that way at all. And I'm not saying you should never forgive anyone, but a little bit. There should be a little bit of that instead of using it as some kind of a, a way of completely ignoring what's happening there, which might not look so good to you if you look, look closely to at it. Michael. I'm wondering that is one of the problems with uh, labeling that it is not permanent and it's our belief that it's permanent that causes a lot of problems? That's part of one of the dynamics that would show up, not being permanent. That it's changing, fluctuating. You can, you can look at any public situation that we see and see the labels constantly changing. Shoto? Can something that's labelless lie? For instance, you better come up with something, too. I can't think of that, but I can think of what that's not. When, you, when you're bringing up how labels lie, is something before the label able to be a lie. Give me an example. I'm not as smart as you are. Not a compliment. Can something that's just present be not true? If it's just present, then it would have to be true. Because if it's just present, then it, it's not separate from anything else. So so here, here's the amazing part of it. Things are already like that. Yeah, people don't know it. That's why all you have to do, you don't have to be a different person. You can be a complete, complete schmuck and realize the nature of reality. Because nothing is separate. Uh, this, the illusion of separation is, is uh, that's the uh, picking and choosing. 
thinking you're something better, as it says in the sutras, picking and choosing is a disease of the mind. It's not that you can't, you know, want this bell to be over here and that over there. But anything else is extra. Anything like, why didn't they do that? It's extra. Or you sitting out there thinking, uh-oh, Sokazan's correcting the position of the holy relics. Yes. A uh, question from uh, William up in Grand Rapids. William. He asks, how do we meet others where they are at when they are looking for hope? Oh, just, just meet them. <laughs> We're not. Please, don't teach anybody anything. Mind your own business. If somebody just just be aware of what people are doing. You don't have to you don't have to change them. If you're aware of what they're really what they're aware of what they're doing and instead of trying to get them to agree with you or get on your team or change change just all you have to do is just be with them. If you're just with them, then when the when the opportunity three and a half weeks from now or maybe five years from now, when the opportunity comes because everything is going in cycles comes for you to actually step in to their mandala, their milieu and actually do something active with them, it'll be obvious. But if you try to do it based on your own ideas, beliefs, judgments, opinions, no matter how valid they are, if you try to do it without the permission of everything that gives permission, which is everything that gives permission, you'll know it. Or you'll see if, you're, if you're just here and you don't have anything else going on, then the world is obvious. It's obvious what they're doing. Everything is totally choiceless. This doesn't mean that you might not go down this path and go over this path. It doesn't mean you might have just take picked a turtle up off the road and trying to figure out where to let it go at or whether to keep it for a turtle pet or whether to find a place and let it go. I know somebody who did that recently. Yes. A question from John in North Carolina. Yes, John. He asks, is it normal to feel like you can pick up on people's negative energy more acutely as practice progresses, or is this the product of a projection of some kind? It could be a little bit of both, and uh, you will know if you just watch it. If you, you ask the question, it means that you're seeing something like that. And so uh, just continue to observe that. And you, people will, as they're functioning with you, the less you do to interfere and the less you do to move away or distract yourself or abandon them, the more you're, you're, you're operating in the continuum we call reality. And people, because people are already the Buddha, they, they resonate with that. And that will, if they're ready for this path, they'll either resonate in such a way that they want to get away from you because they don't want it. They don't want that. They're not ready for that. They need to go back to uh, some other level. But if you're not doing anything, but you're just present, then whether they're being aggressive or whether you're picking up on the aggressive aggression and it's, it's a projection or whether you're picking up on the aggression and it's something they're actually doing. Uh, it's just awareness. It's not a conclusion. It's in, if it's any kind of occlusion, which you got occlusions everywhere, it's an inclusion. Include. Uh, this, this is something you only have to do a few times to understand. Once you understand it, you don't have to include. You just stop separating. It's just like you don't have to forgive anybody. Just don't blame anybody. Don't blame. And if you do blame, retract it. Take it. Eat it. Yes, sir. To even use the term that this person is being negative, isn't that just labeling to begin yeah. with? It, it would be, yes. No. Don't do that. Or the other way of saying it is be aware that you do that. And if you're aware of it, then if you have a, an awareness practice, if you don't have an awareness practice, very hard to do this. But you can't read about Buddhism. Any of you who 
know who uh, know somebody if you meditate and if you know somebody who really doesn't meditate you just read about them talk about it um you can just about tell by talking to somebody uh, they're talking about buddhism how much they practice as soon as they start to teach you unless it's me of course i get to do it whatever i want yes um question from shane out in california yes how are labels also full along with being empty they're full of their emptiness. They're full of their complete uselessness from the point of view of any kind of advancement or any kind of um, getting somewhere, but they're completely full, uh, they're completely empty of any separation. So therefore they're full because there isn't anything they're leaving out. The label, what is being labeled? What is seeing the label? All of that is not separate, but you've got to start somewhere. So let's start where uh, where I named the Dharma talk. All labels. No, I didn't say that. I said labels lie, didn't I? LL. Isn't that, isn't that like one of those emojis? Labels lie? Oh, no, that's LOL. That's right. I don't know how old you are, but I remember when that first started showing up. It took me forever to figure out what that meant. <laughs> Lol? Lol. I'll be just lollygagging. <laughs> But then I started seeing it everywhere, and then I started getting really freaked out. And I'm thinking, there's something really important going on. I don't know what it is. <laughs> there's a label. I don't know what it's labeling. It's terrible. Very painful. That was in the 90s, I think. Was any, anybody in a chat room in 1993? I was. Before I knew what it was. I'm like, I think there's other people in there talking. And they seem to know stuff. And they know... They know about me. I need to go meditate more. <laughs> Which I promptly did, yes. Juju. What causes us to so readily believe or settle for labels? Good. So uh, readily believe or settle for labels uh, is it's just uh, it's easier. It's kind of a kind of a laziness, could be. We've got the label, we know okay, well, this is has a stamp of approval. Uh, so we'll just go with that rather than is that, how does that get on? What does that mean? What is that stamp of approval? You know, it's uh, what, what does that actually mean? It's like, uh, whatever is labeled, whatever, uh, you have a label, whatever's behind the label is constantly shifting. It might, it might at some point be so far away from the label that it's totally identical with the label. That's a big leap, isn't it? I have one here. There's a label, USMC, United States Marine Corps. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Not really. Semper Fi, not really. Kung Ho, absolutely, yes. When you see that we're settling for a label. Yes, um, when, when we see that, when you see that, yeah, yes. Is there a way to generate the energy that's needed to go into that? It seems tiring. But it, it is it's tiring? Oh, goodness, it is tiring. But that's that's a, an indication that you're probably looking at the very area that you need to look at. It's like It's like digging for clams. It's exactly like digging for plant, not like it. It's practically the same thing with your hands. You don't have a shovel. It's like that kind of thing. It's like trying to get something out where it's kind of clear, where you can see more clearly what that actually is. What is behind that label? So, yes. Is looking for what's behind the label just obscure? It can, it can happen that way. There, there's a time to do that and then a time to just stop doing that. And I, uh, I hesitate to tell anybody including the 
the young man who, the monk who's upstairs in the middle of a 26-day solitary retreat. And it's a strict retreat. Nobody gets to see him. Other people have done it. He's done several of them. Uh, I hesitate to interfere. I want to help that practice, but I hesitate to interfere with any person here. And anybody that works with me as a student closely probably notices that I, I don't have one size fits all. I have a different kind of idea about how each person needs to work with their mind. I don't know why that comes up that way. Maybe it's because I got so much help myself as a help as who I am, what this is rather than what this needs to be. So it takes work. Yes, sir. Is there a rest? Yeah. Next question. What is that? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Of that. It doesn't look like that's what you're not that. It's an alert kind of uh, a situation where you're just very, you know, there's all kinds of room to relax into this. And, and, and it's been said, uh, I've said it recently to more than one person, uh, basic teaching you understand, need to understand is relax. And that doesn't mean don't follow the forms. It means the only time you can really relax is if you completely follow, observe, and conform, include the forms. And they don't have to be these forms. They could be some other forms. But some kind of a, some kind of a formal situation this is very difficult to do on your own. You know how hard this is. And so that's why you live in a monastery where the forms are, have been created by, not just by me, but everyone who's here. We do this together. It's a, it's a community. Forms are very strong. Someone coming into this mandala is getting on a ship of fools from the point of view of samsara, because this is, doesn't make any sense. You can't make any money. You're not getting anywhere. What's in it for you? What's in it for anybody? Ship of fools. On the other hand, if you know what this is, then it's a, it's a spiritual path because it, it's, because it, it's, it's like anti-gravity. It doesn't, it doesn't um, abandon the earth, but it doesn't, it isn't stuck to it. More? Michael? What do you mean by spiritual path? Uh, I would say spiritual path as opposed to, uh, to use a contrast to the mundane path of like spiritual, where sometimes a mundane path as uh, that model is used in the spiritual path, then we have spiritual materialism, using spiritual techniques and ideas and practices to get somewhere, to get accomplishment, to get uh, through the jhana states, to get to different levels of realization, the ten bhumis, the ten bodhisattva bhumis, there's all kinds of breakdowns of ways to get somewhere. So spiritual path is... Uh, uh, is different in that uh, you're actually going to do something that has no tangible results. If it has tangible results, and if that's what you're looking for, then it's there's a gaining idea that causes you to to drop down out of your aspiration to save all beings. That's a big aspiration. What are there, 560 billion on the earth? Don't correct me. It's just here. Well, we included the insects and the mice, all the mice. We're, I think we're in the process of counting them at our house, one at a time. 9,688. <laughs> we have live traps so they can let them loose, so they can turn around and come right back in the house again. So spiritual path, mundane path, kind of a simple, I think it's more uh, nuanced than that with each person. Each person has to look at their own spiritual materialism without getting rid of it so that you can, so that it doesn't, 
It doesn't seep into your practice in some way that is unrecognizable in some kind of a disguise that you can actually watch it and just watch what it does and notice your gaining idea and notice your ability to actually practice, actually have a virya or energy, one of the paramitas, uh, generosity, the, the generosity to actually give yourself the time to sit down, find out who you are. Make friends with this deeply. Make friends here, not here, not here. As an example, I quite often use because I, I think it's a great example of the spiritual path. My my teacher, my first teacher, my my guru, my Vajra master, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, passed away in 1987. He said the the, the path to realization. I'm paraphrasing is one disappointment after another until the final disappointment, which is enlightenment itself. Enlightenment doesn't really like make any sense right, in a pragmatic way, but in an ultimate way, it's the only thing that makes sense. Very good, thank you. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. We appreciate and depend on your financial contributions. We also receive payments through PayPal and debit and credit cards. And next week, uh, we'll be traveling to New York City. So if you're in that area, please, this weekend, Sogazan will be changed. We can give you details. May the merit of this penetration to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.